Hey, football Fridays are back in swing, and it means a whole lot more than just football these days. Marching bands, cheer and dance teams all have performances at these events as a part of the game. Welcome, everyone, to the Carolina Outdoors. Bill Barty on this side and over on that side. Wes Lawson, and I still just can't believe that it is already that time of year oh, yeah. for high school <laughs> football. I mean, Friday night under the lights, that's it. That is a rite of passage for so many people. Oh, you aren't kidding. I mean, it is a, a bastion of the community, uh, in the communities around the high schools, mm-hmm. and it's so much fun for us in the Carolina outdoor realm to learn a little bit about it and find out where we should go and be to see certain players, certain coaches, and certain teams and how competitive it is throughout the Charlotte region. And to do that, we bring our friend. He's been a 30-plus year veteran of the Charlotte Observer, has covered high school sports in our area during that time. He's also the host of Talking Preps. We'll learn a little bit more about that, too. Let's get him on the Carolina Outdoors right now. His name, Langston Wirtz, Jr. Langston, welcome. Thanks for having me. Man, we always love getting you on here. It's, it is a rite of, of passage uh, to an ex- extent, bringing in the new season of tailgate season and football season. And uh, let's talk about your job because you are working really hard over at the Observer, and the Sweet 16 is a part of that. You've put it out. Langston, talk to us about how stressful the research is and the information intake when you're putting together the top 16 teams in our area on a list? Yeah, it's kind of difficult because we cover about 160 schools and uh, you have to get information on all of them and you have to uh, do a little little research on all of them because as much as you kind of want to lean in on, well, this team's always good and that team's always good, sometimes they're not. Sometimes there's a team out there that nobody was expecting to be good that you need to have a look at and definitely be aware of. Maybe you don't put them in the 16 at first, but you kind of know they might be out there on the bubble. Um, so, yeah, it takes a lot of work, and I have people to help me with that. A guy named Jay Edwards is probably the engine behind everything of, of what we do. And uh, Jay is, is really good about contacting schools and getting all the information and putting it together. And from that, we do a lot of previews, uh, more in-depth, I think, than just about anywhere you find. Uh, you know, previews for every team and a lot of the counties that we cover. In some counties, we kind of do more of an overview. But, yes, yeah, a lot of work, but it's fun, and it's something we've done for a long time, so I think we have a pretty good system. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you how much work you're doing. I try to bring all this stuff up so that we can have an educated uh, conversation with you, and you have so much stuff on here from uh, potential players of the year. I mean, even beyond the <laughs> yeah. sweet, sweet 16, um, but staying on the Sweet 16, um, how much goes into play with uh, player movement and coaches' movement, um, especially these days with keeping up with who is where and, and what a potential <laughs> yeah. team is looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough thing. You know, at the end of the year, you think, well, this team's going to be really good next year because they bring back player X, Y, and Z. And then you come in the summertime, you find out they play X is somewhere else, play Y somewhere else, and play Z in third place. So it's difficult. I mean, that kind of all goes back to what Jay Edwards does with collecting that information and following up with the coaches. It just requires a lot of phone calls, a lot of, you know, note-taking and talking to people. It's just tedious. And, you know, even even with that, we still miss. You know, we're still – Sometimes say that, you know, this player is at the, a different school than where he is because that's where he was at the time we got the information. You have kids transfer like the week of school sometimes. It's crazy. Mm. 
You know, it seems like it wasn't that long ago where, when we talked about high school football, it was two conversations. One was public school powerhouses, and then and then sort of in hushed tones, it was independent schools. It was like that's yeah. cute. They yeah. they play football, um, and I say that because I was usually part of that second conversation right. because it was cute. Right, I, I played right, right. that football, but there are some real powerhouses no matter what. Um, yes. and some big turnover. Like you know, we mm-hmm. Charlotte Catholic only has two returning defense players, but Providence Day has a quarterback who's, what, number two in the nation last year? Yeah, yeah, he was the number – in fact, for a little while, he was the number one overall player in the country. Now he's number nine. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's really good. He's going to be right there. So, I mean, that, that's, that is incredible that we have talent like that here in Charlotte. Is that because we have – professional football team is that because yeah i think i think the Panthers have a lot to do with that because football in charlotte even the public school ranks is really bad um in in the 90s we used to always joke on the first weekend of the playoffs we'd write a headline black friday because all the teams in charlotte except whatever team tommy Knox was coaching would lose and so the panthers came and there was an emphasis on football and an emphasis on training and a lot of the former players from other teams would come to charlotte and fall in love with it and, and move here and then you go look at the little leagues, and, and there's you know former players from all over the place coaching that you they would surprise you. <laughs> you know, Randy Moss was out there coaching before, and um, so the, the players are getting they're getting better coaching, they're playing better competition, and as you know, um, Independence had that dominant run, and in the early 2000s, you know teams around here started trying to catch up. What are they doing that we're not? And so it became an arms race, and now Charlotte football is the dominant football, not only in, in the North Carolina, but I also think it's the dominant football in the Carolinas, period. When you, I mean, when you have Greg Olson coaching 10-year-olds and his friend Luke yeah. Keekley is the yeah. linebacker coach, um, I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. that's – Greg Olson's brother uh, is or was the offensive coordinator at Huff. Yeah. That's crazy. So this year, is it going to be a running game? Is it going to be a, a, an airborne game? Is it defense? What do you see as kind of being where the games are going to be won and lost? What's, uh, what's your prediction well, on that? Going to the, everybody's going to the spread thing now, um, throwing the ball all around the yard. I don't I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, Providence Day is going to uh, pass to set up the pass, as the coach says. Or throw to set up the pass, as the coach says. So I think um, you know, that, that type of football is, is going to be around for a while. It'll defenses really figure out a way to stop it and you know in the old days you know a lot of the high school scores on Friday night would be you know 14 to 7 mm-hmm. you know 21-6 and now it's 59-39 so it's uh that's just kind of the way the game's going right now we've got Langston Wirtz Jr. here on the Carolina Outdoors he's with the Charlotte Observer and also the host of Talking Preps it is worth seeing checking out what's happening each week uh, in the Charlotte area regarding high school football. And going a little bit back, I want to read this out there because the Charlotte area is super well represented in the Stort 4A rankings with Chambers, who is the number one Sweet 16 team as well, um, Huff, Mallard Creek, and Weddington all in the 4A state rankings here in North Carolina. And Langston, not to put you on the spot, but in your opinion – if we are here in the Charlotte area and we want to go out and see maybe the best atmosphere, maybe that's the way we can start it and, and go from there, but the best high school stadium for atmosphere in our area. Well, I'll give you two. I mean, Charlotte Catholic is a phenomenal place just to watch a football game. They have incredible fan support. It's like Charlotte Catholic is like a small-town football atmosphere thrown into a big city. 
is what you see in Kannapolis or Richmond County, uh, or Shelby, those type of places. I think Charlotte County is a unique place. But Providence Bay is a really great place to watch a football game. That's probably the best stadium in Charlotte, I would say. And they may have the best team in Charlotte, but it is beautiful. That Providence Day facility is is quite nice. You would have a hard time knowing that you're at a high school football uh, field. That really is is kind of top of the no, line. No, there's, there's probably 75 percent of the colleges in North Carolina that are Well, and I guess the second answer may, I mean, the second question may be the same question because if we wanted to go out and see, uh, and it's tough to call high school students. Um, superstars but they are if we want to go out and see uh the most superstars on a sideline um uh, for a team as you said before probably they has 10 to 12 high major d1 players um you know they got a, a power five quarterback throwing a two power five receiver they're just gonna be fun to watch you know they have a lot of talent on defense and their coach is one of the best coaches i've ever been around um chad greer i think i think he's really special he gets it, you know, he comes to Sunny Hill, and he was national player here. And in one game, they, they had, uh, he threw like 873 yards in the game. So uh, he's unafraid to, to throw the football, and he's got a guy who can swing it, and they're going to be fun to watch. I think Chambers also, you know, the kind of 4A power in town, is going to be fun to watch. They brought uh, offense coordinator Donald Littlejohn back from South Point, which he led to a state championship last year. They kind of run that offense. They've always had great athletes, and now they want to be able to unleash those athletes in a different way by throwing the football. So I think that'd be fun to watch as well. Well, and Langston, you bring up coaching, and that's that's been in the news. Recruiting, of course, uh, two of the teams from last year, Chambers ranked number one in the Sweet 16. Uh, Myers Park uh, is highly ranked in the Sweet 16 as well. Their records for last year officially are 04, 0 for 16 for Chambers, 0 for 12, and it's because the games last year were disqualified for reasons like recruiting and violations that were made. Man, how hard is it to be a coach, to be a, a team, and to have to, uh, I guess, jump through those hoops of players moving around and coaches, I guess, the pressure that they feel to bring players into their system? Charlotte is a very transient town, and I think um, even before, you know, we kind of got into this recruiting role, there were always kids who moved around, you know, sometimes because mom would change apartments and you switch town. Mm-hmm. But now coaches have kind of learned, and not necessarily coaches, people in programs have learned how to modify the system, how to get a player X to over to my school that doesn't live in my district, you know, get them a lease over here. Uh, talking family and moving over here. But I think more and more parents are recruiting other parents. Uh, there's this thing called seven on seven. It's kind of like AAU basketball for football. It's all passing things they have in the summertime. And they'll take players from all over. And those players start liking to play with each other. And they try to figure out how do we do it. And the parents are talking to each other, just like what you see in AAU basketball. And you see these guys kind of grouping together in high school. And you see it the same in football now. And I don't know there's necessarily so much the coach that it is the parents, and it's not going to change. It's only going to get – I won't say get worse. It's only going to get well, Coach Griner at West Charlotte, you know, he took a few weeks off in July um, uh, as as it was looked into. Of course, he's been reinstated uh, and is, is there – uh, coaching the West Charlotte team uh, for for kickoff now, but you know they were looking hard at some of those things, and and with that 
pressure that's going on at schools and and on coaches, we see the collegiate level has the name, image, and likeness and, and those sorts of changes that are just now coming into play and, and making a difference. Is there any chance of that trickling down to these high school athletes where they're being approached to um, to to it's receive already, payments. It's already trickling down. I, I looked at a, I looked on my the first thing that came up my Instagram this morning was a commercial by Robert Dillingham, who's a kid out of Hickory, North Carolina, that's going to Kentucky to play basketball. He has a um, a skincare commercial. Uh, there's a quarterback. I think he's in Louisiana. They call him Nico One K. He's where he did a eight million dollar NIL deal. He hasn't even gone to college yet. Um, so you're seeing that more and more where the money's coming down. There's 12 states that where NIL is a legal policy. North Carolina is not one of them. I suspect that they'll have to do that because it's just part of the, the landscape now. And uh, you're going to probably see kids go to schools and, and get them bigger NILs. And it's probably going to mean private schools and some of the the, uh, the more affluent uh, public schools. I think that's definitely coming down the road. That's something else coaches are going to have to navigate. I mean, it's a really interesting time in high school sports, I tell you. It has changed a lot. You know, I think when you mentioned those those low-scoring games, those 14 and 7s, you can pull that off when, yeah. uh, when the ball is rarely thrown and the, the punter is also the place kicker. And, it, you know, yep. now that we have athletes who really are position-specific uh, and the training is at a level that we've not seen before, the fitness and the um, – even the diet is is way beyond anything that that was normal at high school or even college a decade or two ago. But with that sort of arms race, as you called it, with these athletes getting so fast and so coordinated and so much time already under their belt, having played, how is the the tempo of the game changing, and how how do how do they adapt to this? Because we can't just have defense that can't play against a pass. What are they? What are coaches doing and 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 you know, defensive coordinators to to really kind of change how this game is played? They just have to get better. I mean, they have to. You know, they they do a lot of a lot of classrooms, a lot of classwork. They do a lot of uh, clinics. You know, they try to learn. They they try to go to college campuses and, and while their kids are out there taking visits, they actually go see what the coaches are doing. They try to the better ones. They're trying to educate themselves. Uh, the players are getting bigger, faster, stronger. I, I think, you know, so many smaller counties need to really think about sometimes you have your big 4A school in the county that has to play the 1A school in the county. We had that happen on Thursday night in Iredale County. It was 55 to nothing. And you worry about kids getting hurt because there's some people, those schools that are still kind of old-fashioned in that 14 to 7 kind of realm and look like regular high school kids. But in those other high schools, most of them in Charlotte where these Football players don't look like high school kids. No, they, they don't. Probably shouldn't be, and they probably should not be playing a team that looks like a 1980s high school football team. And there are plenty of those. And I just think you have to kind of be careful when you're scheduling. And I think that the state association does a really good job in giving up conferences now where it's not just solely geographic-based. They, they do other things um, to, to try to make the conferences more equitable. Because you don't want kids to get hurt. You want everybody to have fun. Because at the end of the day, High school is still is for fun. It's still an extracurricular activity. And only about 2 or 3% of these kids are going to go to college or play any type of sport at all. So you have to keep that in mind. But I, I do sometimes worry when some of these really big, strong uh, football-focused teams play just a regular high school. And somebody, I mean, I know it's going to be a blowout, but I just worry somebody's going to get hurt. 
His name, Langston Wirtz Jr. You can read his articles in the Charlotte Observer with his team. He's also the host of Talking Preps, which uh, congratulations, uh, Langston, because this is season number six for you, and uh, we enjoy watching that and uh, learning from uh, different correspondents that you have out there as well as coaches and, and people that you call on and also your Twitter Twitter handle because you were always putting stuff out there at Langston Wirtz Jr. That's W-E-R-T-Z Jr. Langston Wirtz Jr. Thank you every time. We love getting you on the Carolina Outdoors to talk about this. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for the plug, too. You're welcome. Off he goes and off we go, but we're going to come back on the other side and wrap up this edition of the Carolina Outdoors.